0: It's John Bozica, 10 until noon, Monday through Friday. Here on 1480 WHBC. John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. Go to the phone line now and bring in two guests here. One is Dr. Laura Davis, professor emeritus at Kent State University, also the former director of the visitor center for the may 4th exhibit at kent state and then also one of her friends too and tim dosher both of them have the i guess rare distinction i don't know if it's a distinction or if it's something that they can just carry with them for the rest of their life of being able to say that they witnessed the horror that happened on may 4th at kent state tim laura thank you both for joining me this morning thank you you're welcome so, Laura, we'll start first with you and, and get into this topic that is so very difficult for so many to discuss, but what is your recollection of that day all these years later?
1: Well, I have a, a, a long, detailed recollection, but the um, the crux of it is is that, you know, I, I attended the rally, as we called them then, um, purposely, and I came off the commons when the guards started moving out with tear gas, and um, as, as all students did, uh, left. It was a peaceable um, gathering to protest Nixon's announcement of the invasion of Cambodia, which was seen as an expansion of the war and therefore a broken promise on his part as a, as a leader. Um, came off the commons, I... Um, Most of the people who came off the commons who were shot went to the left when they got to the top of what's called Blanket Hill at a well-known landmark called the Pagoda. And I decided to go to the right because I didn't want to stay out in front of the guard. I stood down there for about 10 minutes. The guard reappeared into my line of sight, and I assumed I was waiting there because I, I assumed they would turn around. Uh, before too long, go back to where they had come from, and that the rally would reconvene for a short time and then just naturally dissipate. So I was standing there watching and waiting for the guard to reappear, and when they did reappear, they got to the top of the hill at the pagoda, and I saw a line of guardsmen turn in unison, position their rifles in unison, and start to fire. And I didn't, as many people did, fall, you know, throw myself in the ground or start to run. I I just curled over where I was and just was shrieking. They're shooting their guns. They're shooting their guns.
0: Wow. Wow. Tim, same question for you. What do you remember from the day?
2: Well, I joined the peaceful rally at the Victory Bell, and it was around noontime. And it was peaceful. We were just doing, uh, you know, anti-war chants and stuff like that. And then the, uh, Jeep came out and told us to, uh, disperse because our gathering was illegal. And we met that with some jeers. And then, uh, the National Guard came across the field with their bayonets fixed, helmets on, gas mask, and started gassing us and chased us off the commons over the hill. And, uh, so I just, I was ahead of them there and went down by, uh, the parking lot at Prentice Hall and the hundred or so guardsmen ended up in the practice football field and they were kind of isolated out there and they were, we really didn't have much contact with them as far as like uh, short distance away everybody was keeping their distance the whole time and at that time when they were out in the practice football field they, some of them started kneeling down and aiming at uh, the students that were in the parking lot where I was and Shortly thereafter, they gathered or huddled up, the National Guard did, and proceeded to go back over the hill. And you gotta remember that this was around noontime in between classes. So there was more than just protesters. There was, um, you know, students walking with their books just meandering through and stuff like that. And then as the guard walked up toward the top of the hill, they got up by the pagoda, and I was on the side of the hill behind them they just suddenly wheeled like on a dime and just started firing away uh, down the hillside where there was literally hundreds of students and a lot more students than just protesters and I can remember just dropping my shoulder and um, running down uh, across into the practice football field and just uh, a pop pop sound going on around my head as I was running down the field
0: Wow! and
2: uh... When the shooting stopped, you know, a lot of people were laying down. They were all getting up, and people went back up. And here we see, uh, you know, Jeffrey Miller was on the roadway that I had crossed. And that's where, you know, the famous photo is. And uh, everybody, including myself, we just felt a a sense of shock and disbelief.
0: Wow. Wow. Tim Dosher, one of my guests this morning, one of the people that witnessed the. That was on May 4th, 1970 at Kent State. The other guest is Dr. Laura Davis, who is a professor emeritus of English and the founding director since retired of the Kent State University May 4th Visitor Center for both of you. And Laura, we'll start again with you. But all these years later, what does the day mean to you now? And how do you still remember the day but also allow yourself to continue to move forward and take it with you and say that it's something that can create difference still create change in the world what does it mean to you all these years later
1: so you're talking to me
0: yes 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 i am laura
1: yes. um you know it that's a very good question and for many decades people would ask um why are you still talking about this? And that really is the central question that is answered by the May 4th Visitor Center Museum, which shows the context of the times, which helps understand, helps people understand why things unfolded the way they did, shows specifically what happened between noon and 1224 when the firing started on May 4th, and then shows the impact, and the lasting meaning of the shootings. And so I really have tried, um, especially over the last two decades, to educate, do whatever I can based on the experience and knowledge I had because I'm a teacher, had been a teacher for a long time, um, and was able – found myself – you know, to be in a position along with um, the co- to, co-creator of the visitor center, my good friend and colleague Carol Barbato, who sadly passed away in in 2004. But we both felt, who who's going to be here to tell the story? Because people would keep coming from all over the country, and and each of them had a different story. One person would be riding their bike across the whole country, and would see the the Kent State sign. Along the road, and think, I remember Kent State, you know, I, I'm going to stop there. But there wasn't anything that told the story. And knowing the details of what happened really can help citizens today. And I would say, especially with the events of the last year and a half, um, not just the pandemic, but the kind of protest, general protest across the country for social justice. In response to what people feel is excessive use of force and that is at the heart of the Kent State story and the thing that the museum tries to say is is the importance it talks about the importance of peaceful protest and um, practicing First Amendment rights so that we continue to have them we do have this um, you know the wonderful existence of the First Amendment that, that guarantees our right as citizens to redress our grievances through peaceful protest. And it was a pe- peaceful protest that was happening. It was a pre-planned protest. It was um, the idea for it was generated on Friday, uh, the morning after Nixon made his announcement. And there wasn't anything um, happening either at, at the moment when guardsmen decided to Clear the commons, or at the moment that they shot, the FBI, for instance, determined that there there were no rocks thrown at the uh, time of the shooting, and it was also determined by the FBI and through court testimony on the part of the guardsmen that um, that their lives were not in danger. Which is something I, I I do understand why people think these things that there must have been something that precipitated the shooting, but that the students had done, because why else would something so unexpected and, as you said, horrible, uh, in the literal sense of that word, happen, um, that wasn't the case. And so knowing the facts, the museum is very fact-based. It shares what we know now about the shootings, and it also uh, lets people make their own decisions. It presents information about what the times were like, about factually what happened uh, during that crucial half hour, and, and presents what the reactions were in Gallery 3, but it lets people make up their own minds, because now they have information, and hopefully that information leads to understanding.
0: Tim, Laura, both of you, I wanted to ask you one last question here. If you could tell people, and we have about a minute or so left here on this segment, but if you could tell people one thing to remember from that time, from that day, so that something like this doesn't repeat itself in the future, Laura, let's start with you. What would that thing be? I would say very
1: simply uh, what leaders like Amr Sadat have said, you know, over over the decades in my lifetime, we have to keep uh Jimmy Carter said this as well during the Mid East peace talks. We have to keep talking to each other. We ha- we have to find a way to
0: have civil discourse, respectful discourse even when we disagree. Tim, your same thoughts on that?
2: Well I would agree with what Laura just said and uh yeah I just demonizing uh, people that are against what uh, you're supporting or whatever. You know, we were anti-Vietnam, and obviously the soldiers were most likely pro-Vietnam. You know, that's what happened that day, and it shouldn't have happened. And those people were not held accountable. The guardsmen, the mayor, administration officials, and the governor, none of them took any kind of accountability for what happened that day.
0: Professor Emeritus of English and founding director, now retired of the Kent State University Mayforce Visitor Center, and Dr. Laura Davis and her friend Tim Dosher, both my guests this morning. Both of you, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for the recollection of the day and um, continue the great work remembering this day and the tragedy that it was. And I look forward to talking to you guys again in the future.
2: Thank you. Thank you very
0: much. Yep. Have a good one, both of you.